Hey everyone, welcome back to Tales from Teletran. And in this podcast, in this episode of this podcast, see, already messed it up. We're five seconds out of the gate. Uh, we're going to be talking Transformers. We're going to be doing some stuff. But first, I got to do introductions. My name's Input. I do toy reviews. I do stop motion animations on YouTube. And you guys can find me here on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Instagram and Twitter is Ernest P. Whirl. And YouTube is input. So that's the letter that's the letter in dash input. And if you guys are watching this live, we'll say to my right will be Crimson Raptors. Crimson, right. go ahead and introduce yourself, buddy. Hey, I'm Crimson Raptors. Um, I do some unboxing, I'll mostly kind of stop motion animations on my YouTube channel as well as I post uh, pictures mostly right now of Transformers, but moving on to dinosaurs and stuff here soon enough on uh, Instagram. And then I also post uh, my hauls that I tend to get on Twitter and a little bit of commentary here and there. But they're all underneath the same name of at Crimson Raptors. So that's R-A-P-T-O-R-S. And, yep, that's what I do. Right on. Go for it, Kato. I am Kato from Kato's Collection. You can find me on the internets at uh, Kato's Collection on YouTube and Kato's underscore collection on Instagram. But uh, I pretty much just review mostly Transformers, but some other figures like uh, lately I did a Star Wars, whatever I want to find. If I find something in the store, I'll share it and review it. But 99% Transformers. And... Uh, that's it. That's as interesting as I get. All right, Triple R, saving the best for last. I am AC, also known as Triple R, or Rolling Redneck Reviews. Um, I do uh, reviews of Transformers figures, um, some mods and repairs, common sense things, and a segment I call um, uh, Redneck Engineering. And I have my Chrome shop where I talk about upgrade kits and things to bling out your uh, transformers because I am a truck driver and we like to bling our trucks and we go to the Chrome shop for that. So great bringing out, uh, blinging out your uh, figures is also done in the Chrome shop. So you can find me at rolling redneck reviews here on YouTube or on YouTube. All right, guys, I guess that does it for introductions. We are down one member this week, so autocorrect primer. This one goes out to you, buddy. That's usually where we follow up with a really kick-ass kind of song, but... Um, I was going to pour out a 40 for him, but I'm not wasting the Mountain Dew. Okay, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> your life, man. That's your bloodline, so I don't blame you. Um, did everybody get to watch their episode? Get to watch more than me, CI Part Two today, or sometime during the week? Shouldn't say today. Sure did. All right. So a couple of weeks ago, but I still remember it. It's still pretty fresh. All right. Well, I guess we'll you know we'll do the episode review, and uh, this I'll say this. I'll start it off, and I'll lead us. I'll lead it into it. Uh, but uh, I'll say, man. The animation from episode one. I think, you know, obviously these are all animated at the same time, these three episodes. But honestly, man, the, the animation on this, I keep saying it holds up so well, so freaking well. And it amazes me how well it holds up. 
Um, that being said, you know, there's there's obvious stuff that's kind of wrong with it that's not part of the lore or gets taken out of the lore later on, like the Autobots flying and stuff. Um, they but, had jetpacks. Um, but the but them flying just kind of comes out of nowhere, right? Like yeah, they're in the water, and then all of a sudden, prime, you know, uh, when Huffer gets saved, he's like, "Oh, let's fly off," and it just flies off. Like, why didn't you? Why didn't you dive under the water? And then, like, I know your arm was trapped, but his arm looked like he just kind of hooked it in there himself, kind of <laughs> like a like like when a kid plays drowning victim at the YMCA because the other people are trying <laughs> to learn how to save a drowning victim. That's what Huffer reminded me of. Is just kind of hooked in there. He could have let go at any time and flown off. And uh, so that's what that reminded me of. Is is just so out of the blue. Um, one thing that the other thing that I noticed is Spike writes in a journal in this episode, and I think he writes in it next episode as well. But you never see it again, and I think that's a bit of a shame. I think it'd be really really cool if we saw him writing throughout the entire show. I think that'd be really cool. Um, at at least like, that first season. Yeah, or at least in the first season, I think that'd be really cool. Um, but I was thinking, like, could you imagine in season three, he's on, a, he's on, he's in his exosuit, sitting in the moon or on the moon, just writing in his journal, and he's sitting in a crater, and he's you imagine like the visual, how cool that would be. I just I yeah, think, I think that was like a it, bit of a missed opportunity. Ahead, it would have been or really he was cool. in in his uh, uh, future outfit and sitting at a desk on Cybertron. Yeah, yeah cool. it would have been really cool for like the end of the series. To, you you end up finding out that at the end of the whole series, we're actually just watching him tell the story, right? Like he's been writing this journal the whole time, and the end of the season or into the end of the whole series, it was him recounting all the stories that happened it, between him and the Autobots. Well, that would also kind of explain how why the the episodes were kind of toned down on the violence in this to some extent. Because I mean, they're in a war. I mean, they're 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 not going to shoot each other and just be, oh, I just got hit. I guess I'm okay now. You know? Does, does you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I understand yeah. what you're saying. I know. I understand exactly what you're saying. Um. It's I I don't know. It's kind of like this episode uh, really kind of cranks it up, right? Just a little bit, kind of sets the tone differently than what the first episode did. And you really start to see a lot of characteristic traits from all these robots really start to come out. You really start to see like it's touched on in the first episode. Star screams, kind of. Uh, you know, he's talking to Rumble in this first episode. Or in the first episode, he's talking to Rumble, and Rumble's like, dude, just get off of it. Megatron's better than you. And it kind of gets left at that. <laughs> but in this episode, yeah. he's, he's in Megatron's face the whole episode. He is riding Megatron's ass this entire episode, you know, and, and Megatron's just putting up with it and doing what he does. But it really sets that tone for him. And then it really sets the tone for Huffer to be kind of like this whiny little, like, just whiny kid in a sense, right? Just... I don't know, Prime. Maybe we shouldn't do this. And maybe it's just like Huffer, shut up. You're in a war. Deal with it. If you didn't want to join, then go home. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it, it really starts to set, and then it starts to set the characters for the human side, the human characters as well, with Spike and uh, and Sparkplug. It really shows how much 
they trust uh it really starts to show the building of the trust between the autobots and the humans you know because the autobots save the humans and then the humans automatically are like hey man let us join join you in your cause let us help you out we know earth better than you guys do you know and then they start helping they're on the front lines with them uh with the Autobots against the Decepticons, Spike's even attacking Rumble from behind, even though it proves useless five seconds later. But, right. but I mean, he tackles him, and it was like, it, it's almost like he caught that fish, but didn't know what to do with it after he caught it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't punch the robot. Like, that would hurt you more than it would hurt him, right? <laughs> um. So you can't punch the robot. So it's like, like I said, he caught the fish, didn't know what to do with it, and then, um, and then later on, my I guess my biggest question for this episode. I've got two big questions for this episode. A, how did Megatron know about the rubies? It's never really established in the episode. It's just they're walking through the mine shaft, and Megatron's, you know, hey, hey guys, uh, we got these rubies. Let's go. Or Soundwave, excuse me, Soundwave tells Megatron, hey, these rubies are there, but it's never really touched on how they find out about the rubies, right? It's just they automatically know about it. And Do what? You guys try and talk over that, each other. What happened? Sorry, go Triple R. Sorry. Uh, it, it's, it, it's alluded to that that was part of the information they stole from Teletran 1. Right, right. Well, it's alluded to, but it's not outright said, and I feel like it should have been outright said because all the other information was outright said. It, you know, a, a four-second clip. I mean, we're talking animation, or we're talking uh, TV shows that need a commercial break, right? So that could have been cut out of the script or something like that to save time for a commercial. But I feel like that really should have been in there for them to really show what they're doing and what the plan was. Um, and then my second question is, did Prime forget about the bomb that Wheeljack handed Spike or whatever to go into the mine with? Because he just rolls up on the interest and then the bomb explodes and everyone's like, Prime's dead! No! <laughs> so, I don't think that he forgot about it. I think that he he figured that Sparkplug and Bumblebee didn't have time to plant it. So, because they didn't set it when they were leaving Wheeljack, they set it when they they were supposed to set it somewhere. And so he was like, something went wrong. So I'm going to roll up there and have Roller go in, and not thinking that the bomb had even been been uh, done. Okay, I mean that makes sense. Or or, or was compl- more concerned with getting Bobby and, and Spike out of there than he was for his own safety. Yeah, and that's what makes Prime Prime, you know. For sure. For yeah. sure. So I would say one of the, you know, you mentioned the Ruby crystals. It's so funny that like, it's like, wait a minute. Like this hydroelectric plant, Sherman Dam generates uh, like 1,750,000 kilowatts. So, but, but then you, you say the, the Burma crystals. <laughs> huh? I say, oh, you did watch the episode. I did. I took notes this time. Um, but then I was like, then he says the Burma crystals are the most powerful source of energy on the planet. And I'm like, so Starstream says about the electrical plant says, oh, well, that's not enough to generate 
uh, enough power for energon cubes. And I was like, one million seven hundred fifty thousand watts isn't enough to to make an energon cube. And the last episode, you just poured some oil straight into some kind of weird cube that made <laughs> like what your science isn't working here, Starscream. <laughs> and so then I go to these crystals, and I'm like, okay. So I see ruby crystals. If you were to point maybe a laser into them or something, it could refract. But it doesn't double energy or triple or quadruple energy output. I don't know how they're getting that. I mean, I get it's a kid's thing. Like, let's just throw something somewhere. And that's so funny because I was like, it's really cool to see those rubies. They look really great as an animation piece. But I feel like that's how it started. And then somehow it got into the script. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just don't think... I don't think they were planning it as actual rubies. It was just some sci-fi magic crystal that was there that itself was highly unstable. Um, yeah, like, like a naturally cool. occurring explosive. <laughs> Another thing is <laughs> looking at, looking at these episodes through the eyes of grown ass men. Um, it's a lot. It's we we when we review these episodes, every single one we're gonna we 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 could review by saying, yeah, but it's a plot device to get from oh, from opening credits to closing credits because the flying and and they narrowed some things down later on. Like they they did a better job of finally saying, oh wait, the Autobots can't fly, so let's kind of fix that and but early on it was literally like okay we've got to get this this uh four part or three parts out and get some toys on the shelves and all this so let's do what we got to do and it was plot device after plot device after plot device and um i mean that's essentially all these the crystal the oil the fly the flying always amazed me like the whole idea of like the first episode they they fly in uh they all fly into the oil rig and uh, suddenly they're trapped in the water and can't save anybody. It's like, well, you flew there. It, it just stopped <laughs> right? working. Like you, you literally flew there. Just fly away. And uh, you know, I get the, the, the humans being trapped and everything. And, but it's, it's what's important right now. They're as strong as they need to be. They're as big or as small as they need to be. And they fly when they need to, <laughs> anytime they need to and it gets it gets the, the from credit to credit and shows a new toy uh during the episode and during the next commercial but uh yeah it, the the idea i think like i said they narrowed that down in future episodes they started to you know prime couldn't fly but sides he borrowed sides what a different episode obviously borrowed sides wipes jetpack to do what he needs to do so I, I, they tried to rein it in later. But yeah, this this episode, like you said, really did start to. It felt like an act two of a story, right? The middle part of a a grander story mm-hmm. started to read into more characters and get some more life into them and and find personalities and 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 things like that. Like Huffer, it never dawned on me. Like yeah, his name is Huffer, and he's you know he is what he is, but. It was also his personality, like he had kind of a. Um, if if you had to like describe his personality, he's kind of a huffer. Like he's just like, oh, we gotta complain and moan about everything, and I don't know about it. It's never gonna work, of, Prime. Yeah, it's never gonna work, Prime. <laughs> uh, 
that's kind of an I could I could see someone describing that attitude as like, oh, he's so huffy. You know, he just so I, I, <laughs> well, I look at Braun being the tough guy too, coming in there like, oh, I'll I'll get you loose, Huffer. That's right. Yeah. And you know, and when when they created the characters, I know that I know that Sideswipe and Sunstreaker were supposed to be reverse personalities, but the toys came out differently and all that. But uh, Sideswipe was supposed to have more of a Sunstreaker personality and vice versa. And if you mm-hmm. look at how they were written, it, the names kind of fit. You know, I I get it, but it never it didn't dawn on me as a kid for sure. Well, what'd you guys get this week? You guys get anything? I got Siege Chromia. Congrats. I mean, that was my Christmas present. One of my Christmas presents from my mom. So I can't really complain too much about it. But um, it's already up for a second chance review. So if you guys are on Instagram, uh, the voting for it right now is either that or Power, Power of the Prime Starscream. So, I've already given my opinion on that uh, second chance review. Uh, Crimson, what'd you get, man? Wait, input. Didn't you get something else this week too? <laughs> did I? Oh, oh yeah, I totally did. Yeah, jeez. Um, I also got a uh, uh, Power of the Primes Rodimus Unicronus, which is an awesome figure. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> jeez, man, I can't believe I completely spaced on that, dude. Thanks. <laughs> It's because you've been playing with him like all week, right? So <laughs> I have been actually. What's funny? He's on my nightstand. Uh, I sent you that picture of him in the shatter on the shattered glass shelf, and then uh, and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I think I'm gonna transform him before I go to bed." And he's sitting on my nightstand now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Uh, uh, of course, if anybody's listening, like I'd sent that uh, to input as as kind of a, a Christmas kind of. Thank you for everything that you do, kind of present. And but I was but I was curious. Did you get the uh, third party blasters for the hot rod figure, or not yet? Not yet. I was looking at the uh, the hands. I'm thinking about getting the hands before the blasters, just to see if the hands work with the blasters uh, or work with the blasters that he comes with. Um, okay. Just so that way he can. I don't want to order the blasters and him not be able to hold them. If that makes sense, but. I'd rather have the right, right. I'd rather have the articulated hands versus the blasters. But do those fit into the hot rod hands, or do they fit into the Rodimus Unicronus hands? You take the arm apart, and then it fits into the the slot where the hands would go normally. Ah, oh, cool. Well, at least that's what so, the direction said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then you'll get in there and be like, "Well, this is completely different." Right. <laughs> um, you're and asking now for something uh, completely different, right? You're asking what what I had gotten. Um, yeah. So I had gotten the the Combiner Wars Sunstreaker uh, a while back, and I was not happy with it. I didn't like the color. I didn't like the look how it was, and I got the Takara version of it that comes with a five pack with like a bunch of the other characters, and uh, to make like Optimus Major or something like that. Somebody will correct me somewhere, um, but you can't get that by itself. Well, somebody had posted it on eBay as just combiner war Sunstreaker. They didn't like, they didn't know it was a Takara version, but yet their other listings they had on eBay said Takara version, this Takara version that. So I was just like, well, I'm just going to have to buy that. So I got that. And I love that Sunstreaker much more oranger, more of a kind of like a, well, maybe more of a banana yellow than he was kind of like a lemon yellow. 
and it matched the the kind of look of the cartoon, kind of what I I get from the Sunstreaker character. Um, it was more that kind of everything's kind of polished because the the regular stock one kind of looks dull, and I I think Sunstreaker, yeah, like as Kato was saying, like he's more of a uh, um, you know, all about looks. So I, I like that banana yellow that he has with him. But I did take the little fist part that goes on his back that's silver with the Combiner Wars and just swapped them out because the Takar one only comes with a flat gray one, and I didn't like that one. So, But I got him. Um, I got Fracture from, I think, the Robots in Disguise line, um, which is kind of like a purple Cybertronian bike. Uh, Generations Cliff Jumper, which is the little baby one that comes with a, a roller remold called Suppressor. Uh, I, so that's so I kind of got like a Cliff Jumper before we get the Earthrise Cliff Jumper. So I just wanted to have that one just for I don't know. I just always wanted that that version of that Cliff Jumper. Um, I got Mech Fan Toys Huffer. So what's weird is I know a lot of people call those uh, the the kind of an upscale version of somebody else's figure, but on the box, it says mechanic studio. So I don't know where we're getting the mech fans toys, unless that's some kind of insider they're or something. All, I don't know. They're all the same. There's mechanic studios, mech fans toys. And I think they have one more label that mech fans toys kind of goes under. Yeah. So they just kind of recycle that for their KO versions. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so that's the the MSO2 engineer. So that's the Huffer. And then um, anime wise, I got the Figma Asuna from Sword Art Online. So I don't know. You guys can watch that on Netflix if you guys are interested. It's actually a really good show. Uh, it's kind of aimed kind of more younger than us, like maybe half, like maybe not half our age, like three quarters our age probably. But it's it's a pretty good show, especially the first season. Um and then the last thing I got was Titan Returns Amazon exclusive Repugnance. So while Kato and Larkin got their um, uh, Larkin Slayers and another YouTuber as well, while they got their monster bots, I was like, you know what? I think I'll go ahead and get these generation ones. Cause I haven't, I just kind of been waiting on them and I was watching them with theirs and I was like, man, I really want one to go to my collection too. So <laughs> dang it, Kato. <laughs> you got kato <laughs> I did. I did get kato <laughs> Peer pressure. That's what I got. <laughs> well, uh, for me, I guess I'm next. You done, Crimson? I don't want to interrupt. I, I am. <laughs> All right. Um, I picked up a few things this week, or a few things came in. I can't remember when, but I'm pretty sure it was this week that I got the uh, KO Starscream and KO Soundwave, the THF Soundwave or whatever they call them, Sonic Wave, something. And the Yes model. It was this week. Yeah, Yes I model. I was watching your unboxing. So th those were fantastic. And I picked up, like uh, Crimson said, right there, I picked up uh, the three monster bots from Fans Hobby came in, which they traveled, I think, the entire world before they made it to me. They went, there was some of the oddest tracking i've ever seen it went from china to japan to memphis to japan to atlanta to memphis memphis to atlanta to charlotte to me it was all over the place but uh finally got those three in they're 
pretty fantastic, especially for the Black Friday price. And I, I think that's it. So the three monster bots and the two KOs were, were my week's pickups. Jablar, you're up. What'd you get? Uh, I got the uh, Siege Off-Road Patrol. Um, the uh, Siege Phantom Strike Squadron with Skywarp and uh, his little minions. And today, as an early Christmas present, I got Sound Blaster. My wife couldn't. We were at Walmart doing some last minute Christmas shopping. We walked by the shelf and she's like, Which one of those was it? Was one? I was like, um, That one. And uh, she said, uh, Merry Christmas and picked it up and threw it in the buggy. Oh, that's great. So I got to open it because she didn't remember which one it was. She, she didn't remember which one it was I was wanting. And. I never expected her to even get me a transformer. She never. The only time she's ever bought me a transformer was um, uh, the the Walmart uh, Masterpiece Skywarp, the Walmart exclusive Masterpiece Skywarp, and I had that figure forever until my collection was stolen. I, I was missing pieces off that thing, and I still wasn't going to get rid of it. I was trying to find the parts to repair it, actually, and. And then it just everything was stolen and I lost it, so I don't, I don't have that. But this right here is going to be um, on my shelf and in a very specific place. In fact, I've been driving her nuts with it today, playing with it since I got home. I got to open it. Um, she was planning on having it waiting me, ha making me wait until the 25th, but she couldn't remember the figures, so she went ahead and gave it to me anyway early. <laughs> But I was I was doing a private review for her of the figure, <laughs> driving her nuts. She was threatening to throw it out in the yard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah, I've been having fun with this guy. Uh, he's uh, interesting. I'm gonna have to do a review of him very soon. Please do. <laughs> for sure. I mean that mold is really good. It's a shame they couldn't have figured out. They couldn't have just added in a hidden tape deck mode like they did with the light post mode. Added yeah, it into the engineering. The way I see that spaceship mode is that it's an homage to Transformers Prime Soundwave. He was a jet there, so he can be a jet for Siege, I guess. So, and or, to be fair, the cassette mode really doesn't make sense on Cybertron. Right, right. That's true. Yeah, I, I but think... the, the light post mode is kind of stupid if you look at it. <laughs> well, yeah, it was so be Decepticon symbol, and who's going to fool? It was it was stupid on the episode. I, I, I'm I don't know if I thought this as a kid, but it's like wow, all the other light posts look like Soundwave. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think I didn't think. Well, didn't that make sense as a disguise? Soundwave though? looks like a light post. I think it looks like a light post looks like Soundwave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would say. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, input. No, I was just gonna say, man, that's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? Like you think about it. <laughs> like, why not just blow up all the sound posts and be done with sound wave, right? Like, <laughs> they gotta know what his alt mode is. They have to know, right? 
Well, it was right there in front of Icon. Like it's a main thoroughway, and like Jazz goes past him. I'm like, do you do you not notice that there's no light post there when Soundwave's not there? <laughs> yeah, right? right. Like what happened to that? Or does Soundwave or is Soundwave that light post? Like does he sit there all day, all night? Does he light up the streets when there's traffic at night? Like does he do the whole bit? <laughs> and, and, and there's one directly across from him too. So yeah, um, so he's so he's part of the pattern. Well, the, yeah, it's, that's right. It's it, he was there first, then they built the other light post. He was the first light post there, and they were like, "Oh, let's put some more." Um, but I, I think um, I think I agree with that, that would make for an interesting like. As a guy, there's a guy that I follow on Instagram, Meet Charles Chan, really nice guy, uh, makes great comics, and he's got his own character and everything. Or I should say, his character is called Charles Chan. But I think it would be funny for someone like him. To, to draw up uh, a little comic, a little few page comic strip about Soundwave just being there all day and nothing happening, maybe seeing a few cars go by. But what what what's funny about that in the episode to me is, and it it's like a trope on te- television overall. It's like if the viewer can't see the other character, then the character that you're watching can't see the other character because he's talking, uh, you know, transmitting a message and then transforms back into the light post again. And then they zoom right by him. It's like, that was a straightaway. You guys didn't see him talking. Like he was standing right there, <laughs> but, but you know, the, as a viewer, you can't think like that. If I can't see him, then they can't see him. either. Yeah. Well, I used to think before the internet, because I remember people used to say like, oh, he was a communication tower, something like that, right? So like it was a communications tower or something like that. Um, But I, when I was younger, I didn't ever saw him as a light post and I never saw him as a communications tower, even though he's a communications expert. So I saw him as a toll booth because Mm -hmm. he would make energon cubes later on. So I figured it made sense that the Transformers would go by and they would pay like Energon goodies to him in his chest or whatever as they went past him. Like whenever when the power and everything was there. Obviously, you know, the whole place is blacked out. So his light post stuff, like none of that really made sense to me. He'd be a light post because he wasn't he had seemed to have more mechanics to him than what you would normally see as that. So it's funny as later on you know, Hasbro comes out with official, oh, it's a lamppost, when in between that, most fans were thinking he was some kind of communications doohickey. I always thought of him as a lamppost. Yeah, I was I was waiting. Even in the 80s. Yeah, I think... It was a street light. On that one, Chris, because I think he was a light post. Like, even... Um, like, even, even as a kid, I thought he was a light post. Well, what 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 struck me as not being a light post as a kid was that there were only two of them. And so it's like they were on either side. So it's like, okay, so they would get because see, in Oklahoma, uh, we have a crap ton of toll booths everywhere. <laughs> we, we shouldn't we have more toll booths than the state of New Jersey, I think, or something like that, which is it's ridiculous. But so that's why I would associate that more with, oh, great, another toll booth. So <laughs> That makes sense. I see that. And it seems like something the Decepticons would do, charge a toll. Yep, <laughs> yep. That's how they funded their enterprise. Yeah, yeah definitely. The, t- 
the they were on a ship in space in Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek. <laughs> Missed that one. What? He said they they funded their enterprise. They had a ship in space oh. in Star Trek. They did have that comic book crossover. That's right. Did anybody ever buy that? I didn't. Uh, I did not either. I read it. I didn't. I didn't buy it, but I read it. It's uh. Was it uh, bad? I don't. You know, I don't like being negative, but it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like being negative, but it was bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, in all honesty, that was one of those crossovers that. Whenever a Transformers crossover happens, uh, I'm always in. I'm like, I'm very much of the mindset of let's do this, yeah. But um, but when that crossover happened, I I just I passed on it for a while, and then I finally read it, and I was like, yeah, I was probably right to pass on it. So, <laughs> but I'm not a Star Trek fan, anyways. So there's that. If if it I had told been you, I've like, been playing with this thing all day. <laughs> Nice. Um, What's your point with Triple R? I didn't see. Uh, sound Blaster. I put him in light post mode and took a uh, couple of Jetfire's blast effects and put them on the little antennas at the top. Sweet. See, everybody out there that's listening, they need to go out there and buy a Sound Blaster so they can make as many lampposts as they want. If you guys can find yeah. a Sound Blaster, that is. Well, there's like seven or eight at my Walmart. They're all over the place. Yep. Guess what I found today? But not I found like twelve cell animated Optimus Primes. Yeah, I've got a lot of those here too. Like the, yeah, all the they're, they're all the yeah. And they uh, had Megatron. two Megatrons. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Megatrons, a lot of animated Primes, a lot of animated Megatrons, a lot of Thundercracker now. Um. Yeah. Every everything Springer. except um, Springer's been showing up in there too. Yeah, everything except Astro Train and um. Actually, I haven't seen. I've only seen the one Spinister that I bought. But okay, I, we my have, Walmart uh, had a buttload of Spinister, like four crosshairs or three crosshairs. Uh, the, the one thing that they didn't have Astro Train, but they had everything else. They even had Sideswipe. I'm like, wait, really? Yeah, the Walgreens around here have been restocking um, Sideswipe, Reflector, or Refractor, and um, Hound, as well as the Ratchets. So we're still knee-deep in Ratchets here. So that's a good sign that there's plenty of them, but it's also kind of a bad sign that people haven't gotten the Ratchet yet. Right. Well, did you guys see the news? Um, sorry, I'm trying to get through the, the beginning before we start getting on our tangents. Um, oh, our sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, that's, you know, it's a podcast, so it's what happens. But um, so for news, real short news, uh, Skywarp is going into the Hall of Fame, and the 2019 Hall of Fame toy is going to be Omega Supreme, the Siege Omega Supreme. And the guest list for TFCon Orlando 2020 is up, and Victor Caroli is making his first convention ex- uh, first convention appearance ever. So for you guys who don't know, that is the narrator for the for the 86 movie, the narrator for the G1 cartoon, 
uh, the random voiceovers that you hear throughout the episode and whatnot every now and then. Uh, first convention exclusive, or first convention ever, he's going to be there. So, hey, who did you say was uh, Hall of Fame stuff? I missed that. I had to, to step away for a second. Oh, sorry. It, uh, Skywarp is in the Hall of Fame, and the Hall of Fame 2019 Toy of the Year is Siege Omega Supreme. Oh, awesome. Skywarp's one of my favorite characters. And honestly, when they announced that, I was really surprised that he hadn't made it into the Hall of Fame already. So, But then I looked at the list for the Hall of Fame, and I was like, well, I don't understand how uh, the Constructicons aren't in there yet either. So, whatever. It's Give it time. Do what? Give it time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I can't believe they wanted to put a rector in. that He was part of the vote to go in the Hall of Fame at one point over the Constructicons. I think the Constructicons will get in there. That's why they don't they don't put him up, you know. Well, I mean, they did put him up. They did, but Skywarp won. So about time, I guess. <laughs> I mean, um, I really so, think it has a lot to do with um, the name recognition with the Constructicons. Is that they know Devastator, but do they know the individual Constructicons themselves? Mixed Fair Master, Long Haul, Scrappers, uh, Scavenger, Bone Crusher, Hook. I mean, Who we know, know that. Them? I mean, the people that are voting. Who well, doesn't have, know them? You have to wonder. Go ahead, Kato. So you have to wonder, do they not want to put a, like, do they put a combiner in the Hall of Fame? Or do they put individual characters in the Hall of Fame? I think in the, in the, in the, Especially the Constructicons, I think it has to be Devastator and not individual characters because right, right, their person the individual personalities didn't come through. But but you got you know, like the aerial bots, they were shown separated enough and used enough where their individual characters show through a bit more than just superior. Really, Scavenger's personality showed up quite a bit in the fact that he was always looking for something to prove his worth. Bone Crusher was obnoxious. And bullheaded. Uh, Hook was an elitist snob, which is why he wasn't the team leader. No um, charismatic boy like you. <laughs> exactly. Yep. I mean, their personality. Long Haul did, did, just didn't want to just be hauling stuff. He actually wanted to build something. But all they had him do was hauling stuff from point A to point B. Fair point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, all the Constructicons personalities did show up. It's just what we remember is Devastator. I was but at least honestly, that's the way I see it. I was honestly thinking, like, in all honesty, if say Devastator does get in there, when Devastator gets in there, shouldn't they all six members who make up Devastator go in automatically as well? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that is that why they they uh. Maybe that's why he's, they're holding off. But like you said, he was part of the choice, but people chose Skywarp. Or at least we're told that the people chose Skywarp. Well, and, and I wonder if, <laughs> if those are people that like Cyclonus, that that's also a reason why they chose Skywarp, because that includes both of those characters in that kind of, you know, like they get kind of a different personality, but they're essentially the same, you know, person. But Bombshell. Bombshell, no. Bombshell is <laughs> well, not. 
Okay, so that, so that, all that could have been Rumble easily fixed back then. <laughs> Rumble's red. All of those could have been easily fixed if they had just put bombshell cell a little bit further away and Skywarp's a little bit closer to center. But Flint Dilly confirmed it was it was uh, Cyclonus with Skywarp because it made sense because Skywarp was the first, as we just saw in the last episode, was the first um, Decepticon to actually revive Megatron. So that shows why he's so loyal as Cyclonus. He just got more power. Yeah, well, it, it never fair. made sense to me that Bombshell and Insecticon become second in command. Those guys never wanted to do anything they said. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, to be fair, to be fair, uh, Flint Dilly said and i quote uh screw it if i have to pick one uh fuck it it's skywarp so yeah <laughs> but you have to think too is that uh, as long as it's been right you know that would have been his instinct back then as well yeah but he was when he said that at tfcon during the panel uh he also he also said before that that there was uh, there was a bunch of different scripts, different animation and stuff, and uh, so the problem with that uh, is that he couldn't remember exactly who became it, so he just kind of picked one. But right. But truthfully, I mean, it, it makes sense because I'm with Cato. Like the loyalty that Cyclonus has to Galvatron is very much so the loyalty that Skywarp had to Megatron, and bombshell just doesn't i mean it doesn't doesn't work it doesn't fit you know so uh, but then again uh the personalities of those bots that were that were made into scourge cyclonus and the sweeps were completely wiped out well they still had their memories though I mean, Galvatron had his memories uh, as Megatron. Well, Galvatron, Galvatron, what didn't get his his personality wiped out though? He was still pretty much exactly the same person. Uh, I mean, he was I the mean, same person, just more power in a new body because he was the one that actually made the deal with Unicron. When Unicron rebuilt the others, he reprogrammed them also. They might still remember some of their their past lives, but I don't think that their personalities were the same. But Galvatron, Galvatron remembered what Starscream did to him. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like if they I, remember, if they remember, then their per- personality would kind of still be there in in, in but, a sense. I would think they're just kind of pumped up with tons of power because, you know, Unicron's channeling that through them and they got new superstructure and body and everything. So they're kind of like a brand new bot. So they're just like, I'm going to act a little differently. And so that's why they, they switched over to a different personality in some cases. Well, and the thing is, is like they were alive when they got to Unicron as well. Like everybody was alive. Um, barely. Yeah, barely yeah, alive. Yeah, but I mean, everybody was still alive. I mean... If they died and then got reformatted and all that stuff, that'd be one thing. But they were alive when, when it all happened. So, it, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I that's one of those things where I think if if that's one of those instances where it falls under, you know, which one's red, which one's blue, you know, like it's just one. Rumble's of blue. Uh, no, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> Rumble's red. <laughs> Big is a thing. 
But um, <laughs> Rumble's blue. Rumble's red. <laughs> blue. Red. <laughs> you know. Um, you know what? Frenzy is. Let's say Frenzy is black, right? Rumble is purple, and Enemy is red. <laughs> no, no, no. Rumble's red because <laughs> the toys came out first. <laughs> Problem solved. Uh, <laughs> no. Honestly, Hasbro honestly, got it I, wrong. Someone got it right. Uh, no, uh, no. Honestly, I don't really care. But I do think as Rumble, I do think of Rumble as red and Frenzy as blue, um, just because of the toys. Like I, like I was telling Crimson this a while back, that the I identify with the toys more than the cartoon because at the end of the day, that's what I came home and played with were the toys. I mean, yeah, I watched the cartoon, but most of my interaction with Transformers were the toys. So Rumble was red for me because the toy was red. Um, but yeah, but I mean, see, it's pretty as a kid. Way. As a kid, I always assumed that it was a packaging error and that they named them wrong on the package. Well, I do like what Fun Pub <laughs> did. They they basically, I think it was Fun Pub, but they basically said that uh, nobody knows their true identity except for them, and they won't tell anybody. So they, and they, they changed their colors back and forth from time to time. Well, they swapped the names over from time to time. Yeah, to keep the confusion going. So, so, so let me punch. Let me punch a hole into that because I because I remember reading that back then. I was just like, well, Soundwave says for Rumble to come out. So who comes out of his death? <laughs> Do what now? I said so. So Soundwave, when he orders Rumble to come out of his chest, what color is he when he comes out in the cartoon? <laughs> well, no, Rumble, Rumble's blue in the cartoon. And I'll say this, like in all honesty, when I talk about when I go into a toy store and I see Rumble, I ask for Rumble and I point to the red one, and then I point to Frenzy being the blue one. But when I'm talking about the cartoon, Frenzy's blue, right? So I refer to as Frenzy as Frenzy when we when I talk about the cartoon because he is. And the thing that people forget is that the toys have their own lore behind them. They're, the toys are their own universe as well. So the toys, yeah. Fib Rear is for the toys, and was it Bib Rear or whatever? The uh, the reverse of that is uh, is for the cartoon. I mean, that's really all it is. I so, prefer to not be offensive. Spirit. And in this, it's 2019, almost 2020. So I prefer <laughs> not to assume, and I just call them they. <laughs> the Kasekon. And now I'm the better person. That's how that works. It's you all about what? what you say, not what you do. You know what? Zims are zippity doodop on out of here. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't really have a dog in the fight. I just think it's funny that like we all have kind of a differing opinion of it. I, I, I built my collection around the series. And then expand out from there. So, for me, Frenzy is red, and Rumble is blue. That's fine. That's fine. It's okay to be wrong every now and then, Triple R. I'm never <laughs> wrong. <laughs> no, you know, like that's 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 my troll. Like in all honesty, like when somebody reviews something that's like Rumble or Frenzy related, I just go into the comments and type Fibrier. That's it. That's that's all I. It's just like a little troll I do. So, <laughs> but yeah, I do it out of fun. You know, I don't do it to, uh, to spite anybody or malice or anything. I just do it out of fun. Well, yeah, well, uh, actually, 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 <laughs> actually, 
No. <laughs> oh yeah, that's where we lift our glasses and well, you yeah. know. Well, why. you know, actually, if you're going to go by the Wikipedia, the TF Fan Wiki versus the toy and the cartoon in 1984, I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. You know, honestly, this is something that I never thought we would discuss on this podcast. We'd have this age-old debate, both of them, you know, Skywarp and uh, or the Cyclonus debate and the Fibrier debate. I never thought that we would have this debate. I figured it'd be still played out at this point, but here we are. Third episode. It is, though. <laughs> I, I, okay, here, here's another debate. The Insecticons that, since, since we've done the first two, here's the trifecta. The Insecticons were seen after the fact. Which Insecticons were seen were the ones we were seeing after they were reformatted? Was it the real Insecticons or was it some of the Insecticlones? I think it was the Insecticlones that were reformatted by Unicron, not the original three. Interesting. I think, honestly, I think it was, uh, I think it was uh, the actual ones. I think what we end up seeing later are the clones. Because of their their hive mind mentality and everything else, they're just there's like a. That's why. That's why I think it was the 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 clones that were reformatted because a lot of the uh, the, the uh, insecticons ended up being the sweeps. I mean that's very plausible for sure. Because uh, I mean it would uh, it would make sense why the. In, why the sweeps in general share one personality across the board? So I think the the problem with with also with the the movie using that as the basis is that I think in the original script, and there there again there were different versions. I've read a, at least a few of them. Um, they don't name out who becomes who, other than Megatron becoming Galvatron. They just say generic Decepticons. Oh, in the script, yeah, that's true. But that was a yep. placeholder. Yep. That was a placeholder in the script that never got uh, never got fixed, I guess you could say. Or never got Well they they were meant like the ones that were tossed out of Astro Train. It even says there, like all the all the battered Decepticons were pushed out by the other healthier Decepticons. They don't even mention who was healthy and who wasn't because th again they hadn't animated any of the stuff before, right? So that's why it just became whoever got pushed out. And now it's supposed to be the nineteen eighty four toy line. This is supposed to be who's pushed out, which includes like, you know, Skywarp and Thundercracker and the, the Secticons and all the people pushed out. But, you know, that that's kind of where it's so ambiguous in the script that we never have something definitive until later on to get that confirmation of it. That's true. And I think, honestly, the uh, the the if you look at the original Insecticons, the main three, they're a lot more durable than the clones are. And. In the movie, they don't blow up, you know, the ones that, that transform or get, uh, you know, uh, converted or whatever by Unicron. They're pretty damaged. I would think that, you know, Hot Rod running over one of their faces would destroy destroy uh, a clone, but it didn't. It didn't destroy Scrapnel so, or Kickback. So that's why I think it was the original ones, not the clones, that got converted because the original ones were a lot tougher. So, I mean, that's and but with that being said too, it also depended on the individual animation on if the clones blew up or if they just got damaged. True. Because in episodes that had the clones, I mean, sometimes they just got a little bit damaged. Sometimes they completely disappeared, and then other times they just 
exploded. So, I mean, it just kind of depended on the episode. I mean, it, it, it could be well, any of them. Well, that's the thing, too, is like the, the episodes had different writers and stuff as well for each episode. And so it kind of and they were being written at the same time as uh, this episode was being written at that episode. And it just it, they never really flowed together because of that. Hey, it goes back to what Kato was saying. Whatever plot device was needed at that moment. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, that is Kato's 100 percent right on that one. Of course. And we're going to see. So now we have covered the trifecta of old Transformers debates. That's true. We have. We really have. Um, And yeah, so let's let's move on to more more current debates, right? Like more in (laughs) one episode. We covered the trifecta in one episode. I could cover it in in one one minute or less. Is that a video challenge, Cato? That sounds like a video challenge. Sure, I can do it right now. I don't care. <laughs> you dropping a video challenge on us, Cato? <laughs> no, no, I'm saying I don't care. I, th- I think that's a a fun debate, but it doesn't matter, right? It's just a fun debate. That's why it's fun. <laughs> but there are people out there that don't think it's fun and they want to argue over it. And I'm just like, mm. call exactly. Frank. You can call Frenzy Frank and Rumble Reginald. I don't care. Play with it. Go with it, right? Screw it. But what if I want to call uh, Rumble Frank and Frenzy Reginald? Have at it, partner. I quit. What's Fib next rear. on the topic? Fib rear, guys. Fib rear. That's, he's, that's, he's not disagreeing with you. Frank is blue. Reginald is red. No, Rumble is red. <laughs> Ain't no Reginald anywhere in Transformers. <laughs> so, oh man, that's terrible. That's terrible. Merry Christmas, everybody. This is uh, this is our closeout, or in not end of the year, not closeout show, but this is our. We got our top. So Merry Christmas, guys. Here are the debates. <laughs> age old, age old debates. So better than the actual debates that are on TV right now. <laughs> I, am, you know, I try not I try not to delve into politics, Cato, but damn it, I agree. So <laughs> I don't I don't think I'm being political. I would say the same thing no matter who was debating. I mean, hey, it's all a popularity contest at this point. So sounds like a bunch of children squabbling on a playground. So what's ne- what's the next topic, input? Well, I guess <laughs> since we'll move on to Transformers topics, I guess we'll talk speaking, about... Speaking of useless segues... <laughs> how to segue from politics into back into Transformers. I know. Let's talk about uh, this Omega Supreme sale that happened at Hasbro. Uh, Crimson, you know more about this than I do. I just found out th- about this before the pre-show happened. Uh, so, buddy, take it away. The floor is yours on this one, I guess. Yeah, so Hasbro Pulse has a warehouse out there in uh, Pennsylvania. And they had, on December 16th and the 17th, had a surplus of Omega Supreme Titan-class Transformers and from Siege and decided that, hey, we're going to sell these for 20 bucks. Come and buy them. No cash, no check. 
just cards and probably like their Apple mobile pay or whatever all that stuff is. And I was like, what? How did I not hear about this? Like I, I would have almost, I mean, it wouldn't have been worth it, but I would have loved to have driven or gotten somebody who was close next to Pennsylvania and say, Hey, can you go grab a couple of those? <laughs> Cause that's, well, that's crazy. I got family in Pennsylvania. Well, to be fair, yeah. if you three listened to the Rejecticons live stream the other day, you would have heard about the Pennsylvania sale and, that's fine. I mean, it's it's fine. It's whatever it is. It's fine. <laughs> I did listen to that. I got like 10 minutes into it, Cato, and then I fell asleep. And went to sleep. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> Don't blame you. I fell asleep and I was in it. <laughs> That's not true. That's rude and uncalled for, and Larkin is here, so I don't want to get caught saying things like that. Hey, buddy, this is I, I can't, recorded, man. I, I so. can't be held liable for that. I get up at two thirty in the morning, so I was, I was snoozing. Okay. Honestly, to be completely and totally honest, I don't know if anything I said was true right now. So, for all I know, we didn't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't remember you guys um, mentioning it. Maybe it was like a pre or post show or something like that, but. Um, I'm pretty sure I was there for the live stream, but uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. I, but I probably made it up just for conversation. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but it shows you right there that, you know, like I know like, um, you know, a fellow YouTuber, uh, Dennis Moulton, which is his, his got bot um, underneath the YouTube, um, uh, you know, book author, book, book author and everything that he uh, mentioned about that, how the price of Titans up there is like $250 Canadian. But it stayed the same down here with the normal kind of 150. But if an Omega Supreme Titan for Hasbro to manufacture, get it shipped over, pay all the truckers for all the cargo shipment and everything like that, and all the airplane, and then they get it shipped and they can sell it for $20 right out of their warehouse, I was like, that shows you how much of a markup that retailers and e-tailers use on these particular figures. So you could be looking at a leader class or a deluxe is anywhere from like four to five dollars to six dollars on the higher end of that while this omega supreme is 20. so that kind of that kind of made me wish that we had gotten extra pieces of track with omega supreme i know there's third-party outdowns we could get but it's like man it's like just put a few more extra pieces of track in there that would have been a nice little kind of surprise to, to fill that character to fill his alt mode out but so here's the thing about that most of my working career has been in merchandising and in retail. Um, and I know Larkin's, is, Larkin's layer is saying it right now, but when you do merchandising and you do uh, retail buying and uh, like for stores, there are things called loss leaders. And what the loss leader is, is something you might have a few of or, or, a, or a go-to grab item that you lose money on when you sell it. So, you have a store, you've got this loss leader in there. The loss leader is, it may cost a hundred bucks to manufacture and sell for 180. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there, but you throw it out there on a table for 20 bucks and you pay a certain way. It costs $20. It's the, what that is, is it's saying, Oh wow. I'm going to drive two hours to go buy this $20, uh, such and such. But while I'm there, I'm going to see about five or six things that I might pay full price for. So the loss leader is bait. And everything else is what they want to make their money on. It's this, it's the, uh, 
it's the the ticket price to a movie, right? The ticket price doesn't do anything to pay for the movie. It pay they want you to go in there and buy popcorn and drinks and snacks and candy, and the movie is basically a loss. Every theater will tell you the movie's a loss that they wanna they wanna make money on the the concessions. And in this case, Omega Supreme was the movie, and every other Siege and Hasbro figure there was the concession. Um, I'm not saying they couldn't have marked it down at a regular sale, but they have no intention of making money on those $20, um, those $20 Omegas. They lost money on every single one of those. Right. Anyway, right. That's what that is. It's, it's, it's just called a loss leader. That's just a, and not to mention all that warehouse space that those big boxes were taking up. Yeah, and that's and they'll take things like that, things that take up a lot of space, and mm-hmm. and you know they need to clear it out because Earthrise is on the way, and they have Scorponok coming in. So let's get these things out of here, and they drop it down to well below cost, well below wholesale, and move it. They like to move it, move it. I mean, it makes sense. They need that warehouse space more so than anything else. Uh, it's it's more important to them uh, than than having the figure sell for 150 or whatever. So, and them being a huge company, they can take the hit more so than what Big Bad Toy Store or something like that can. So, yeah. and they and they do it without having to distribute it anywhere. They don't have to ship it anywhere. It's in their warehouse right now. They don't have to take up trucks and shipping to get it to BBTS or Walmart or Target or anywhere. They just say, Hey, if you'll come get it, Ollie's 20 bucks. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It'll go to Ollie's and Ollie's will sell it for 50. If it weren't for distribution cost, Ollie's could sell it for 20. Yeah. I mean, it, right now I saw, uh, I saw Trypticon at Ross still for 50, but he's 50 bucks at Ross, but, the fact that he's fifty, you know, kind of kind of plays into this a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah so all these twenty dollars Omega Supremes would have been fifty dollars Omega Supremes at uh, Ollie's or any of those. Yeah. Things. Yeah. I, I got I got my trip to Con at Ollie's last year for fifty bucks. So. Yeah. So did I. Uh, yeah, I got it at Ollie's too. Fifty. And I don't regret it. It was a good price for a good buy. Yeah, no, that Trypticon is great. Um, I'm thinking about picking up a second one to do into Gigastorm from Beast Wars or from Beast Wars Second. Um, so, see, but if I, need... I had known about this twenty dollar Omega Supreme, I would have Countdown in my collection. Yeah, what? <laughs> then you can sell Omega Supreme for ten bucks, right? <laughs> No, I would sell a Mega Supreme for twenty dollars without countdown. <laughs> oh. Hey. Oh, see, that's cool because I would buy. You know, I'd buy Omega Supreme for twenty bucks, and you can keep countdown. I've got the G one countdown. Yeah. What do I need a, a siege countdown for right. So. <laughs> I just love the small bots. I just love MicroMasters. Right. You 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 want uh, you want countdown, AC. Yes, I want countdown. Um, the, Maybe you know, I'll the send you my thing... countdown. I don't care about him. Oh, there you go, man. Time of giving, right there, right there. Uh, so I guess 
you know, that'd be a good, since Cato said it earlier, uh, I think that might be a good segue into another topic, right? Right? Maybe? <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Sure. I mean, I mean, God, dude, I feel like this is just kind of falling off the rails a little bit today. But anyway, thanks, Cato. Ah, uh, who cares? We're having fun. <laughs> no, it's true. We're all we're all here having a good time. That's all it is, right? Um, but uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, I guess uh, you guys think customs matter or take away from the fandom, and why? Hey, I I think customs matter a whole lot. I mean, it doesn't take away, in my opinion, from the fandom. It, it adds to it. I mean, you're, you're, you're expanding with a custom. Okay. Uh, whether it be a simple repaint, like uh, some of the stuff that Larkin does that just enhances the, the existing figure, or or a complete, or the, 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 the storm wind that you painted for me, very input, and I, I still love to... to He's sitting on my shelf right there right now. Um, I, or something even more complex where you completely kit bash the thing from the ground up. I mean, you're still expanding the universe. You're still expanding uh, what's already there and adding our own little flair to it. So how would it take away anything from, from, from the fandom? I mean, I see people bash on customs. I, I can't bash on any custom, anything that anybody puts the work, their heart and soul and work into. To, to, I mean, it might not be my thing, but I can sure appreciate the art that went into it and the time and effort, you know? Um, but I, I see a lot of customs that are done on Bavers, and I don't like Bavers personally. It's just not my thing, but I can appreciate the effort and the the skill that they used to do what they did with it. Now, I would say that there are people that, I mean, I, I see the comments and stuff, you know, people literally are just bashing people for making a custom and they're just like, well, that looks terrible or this is awful, blah, 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 blah. But it's more along the lines of a lot of others. They don't know exactly how to provide constructive criticism which is very important in any kind of community, whether it's a custom, you know, you're making models or anything like that, having that constructive criticism of like, that looks really cool. Did you use top coat or, you know, what paint did you, or did you, did you sand it beforehand? You kind of get to that, you know, well, no, I didn't do that. And I said, well, you know, you know, this is why you're paint scraping when you're transforming it or, you know, th those are kind of those are kind of things to get that custom community working together. Right? People who are interested in it and want to make sure that they may have an attachment to or make their own unique um, to borrow a phrase from a, another Hasbro uh, uh, property is that maybe making their own OC, their own original character uh, or community, which doesn't happen very often and i think it's because of that um not trying to make a custom i think it boils down to one thing and it's pretty simple if you buy a figure do whatever the hell you want with it i don't yep i don't understand yep. how again i don't see a, i don't do a lot of cut any customs so i don't hear a lot of the 
negative stuff. Um, I'm also not on Facebook, so I don't see a lot of that negative stuff because uh, I don't like people very much. But um, the that's not true. I hate people. The um, um, the idea that someone buys something and even if they're horrible at doing customs, it's not like they stole your figure and painted it up. Shut up, mind your old business. Let them do what they want. Period. I think if if you waste your time telling somebody that they shouldn't do that, then your opinion isn't worth listening to. Uh, I agree, hands down. I mean, I don't think, uh, I don't think customs takes away from really anything about it. I mean, I could see the argument of it takes value away from that figure, but I think a lot of people who do customs take more common figures than they do rarer figures to do customs with. Does that make sense? I don't see yeah, a lot I mean, of people... What's up? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to... Uh, go ahead. I'll say okay. it later. Okay. Um, I'm saying that, you know, I don't see a lot of people trying to get like a... Uh, I don't know, like that e-hobby yellow uh, Ultra Magnus to do a custom out of. I don't see people doing that. I, I would... see people... <laughs> Uh, I don't see that happening a lot. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Uh, there are people out there who are hardcore about it, man. They want those yellow, clear yellow smokestacks or whatever, and they'll buy it and just to get some clear yellow smokestacks. But I think a lot of that's been done away with because of 3D printing and stuff too. But I agree, Kato. It's your toy. You bought it. Uh, do whatever the hell you want to do with it. That's it. Yeah, I don't. I don't care if you want to buy fifteen unicrons and paint them all hot pink and put bows on them. Why do I care? It's yours. Do whatever you want with your. You're not taking my money and doing it. You're not taking my figure and doing it. I don't care. Uh, See, okay. Uh, Go ahead, Crimson. Yeah, saying that that's a that's a good point. There is that. So that's something where you see people that are are bashing stuff because for really the main two reasons I've kind of noticed is that one. They don't have the money to buy that figure. So now you've quote unquote destroyed one by customizing it, or they don't have the distribution to get that figure where they're at, even though they would like to buy it, but they're like, well, it was limited. So now you destroyed this one by customizing it when I would have wanted it stock. Right. So that's kind of where some of those, those negative angles come into where it's, it's really more for that person's selfish reasons why they don't like that custom that somebody did. Uh, because of that that reason for those two reasons yeah i don't care if you want to buy a unicron or a fans toys uh met uh, uh fort max take it out in the front yard and shoot it with buckshot it's not mine do what you want with it right uh give me or blow it up with some uh fireworks yeah sure i i, I want to get the kicker set the the kicker and uh what was it high wire that where the kicker's a full action figure like a G.I. Joe and can ride the high wire bike just to blow up kicker and turn high wire into a junkie on. Right on. <laughs> or turn a kicker into a junkie on Action Master. I could see that. To ride uh, the other junkie on. That'd just be funny. Um, here, here's a question. 
Uh, do you think the people that take that go is this is kind of playing into what we're talking about right now? That go and make customs and then pop them on eBay for four or five hundred dollars. Uh, has any kind of impact on that? Uh, no. Or think, even more. Some of them are even more expensive. Jesus Christ, I've seen some prices that were crazy. I think people are going to buy or spend their money however they want to spend it. A fool and his money are soon departed, right? I don't think... Yeah. I think the only real reason I feel like to spend that kind of money on a custom is if the custom, the base figure, costs that much. If If I did a custom of, say, Toy World Constructor, then I'm out four or five hundred bucks just for the base figure. And then if I'm selling it, then I'm going to want that four or five hundred dollars back. So I'll pop it up on eBay, eBay fees, shipping and all that stuff. So I can see where the value of that comes from. But if I was to put like a shattered glass, like my shattered glass custom prime that I made on eBay, it. I wouldn't put it up there for five or six hundred bucks. I feel like that's. Ridiculous. I've seen them. I've seen them done like that. Like it would be a Voyager class, st- something you picked up at Walmart, and they, they customized it. They might have add, added some articulated hands and and uh, uh, complete repaint and sand and all that stuff. And that takes time. I, I don't, I'm not going to knock that, but. Then, then you see the, the, the resulting figure. I mean, and, and I've seen star screams for the classics mold that deluxe star screen two and three hundred dollars for a custom on eBay. I, I'm like, yes, that's a really cool custom, but where is that value at? I don't see it. I'm granted it's a one of a kind piece of art at that point, but. Uh, I, I got so many, so many more things I can spend that money on. Plus, my wife would kill me if I spent that much money on a transformer. Personal perceived value. Yep. Per- yeah. Personal perceived yeah. value. What I, yeah. what I find, what I find useless, someone else. There's a fine line between useless and priceless, right? And it's all going to depend on who wants to buy it. There's, you know, there's. I don't, I don't think that the MP44 was worth the money. Other people think MP44 was worth the money. The difference between me and them is they bought it and I didn't. You know, it's it's. If I make something, if I take this little flame effect and paint red on the tips and put it on eBay for fifty bucks and somebody buys it, sweet. You know, it's like again, I wouldn't pay that for it. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, it's it. Whatever you uh, fooling his money, I guess, really is how that kind of breaks down. At least for me, um, I could see people using it as an extra source of income, but then that falls into the category of price gouging, right? Like, um, like you, if you consider customs art, then you got to look at all art pieces. And truth be told, there's no way in hell, no way I can, I and I don't see this. I never have. When people spend millions of dollars on a Picasso or a painting, or something like that. I don't see it. You know, uh, what's his name? Andy Warhol painted a Campbell soup can. Whoop-dee-doo. And then people pay millions of dollars for this Campbell soup can. It, it's, to me, it's, it's useless, and it's worthless at that million-dollar mark, you know, because it's art. If you want to... About 20 bucks, I, I can see 
getting one and put it in a frame, put it on your wall at twenty bucks. But yeah, of course, exactly. You know who else wouldn't? You know who else wouldn't have marked that painting down for a million bucks? Pablo Picasso. He didn't crap. Like it's, but again, (laughs) it's money I don't have. It may as well be two billion dollars for that thing. I wouldn't buy it anyway. I'll go to Michaels and buy a print for twenty bucks. Exactly. You know, like that's the thing. And you know, when you can get something and and as far as customs go, there's so many customizers out there, you know, like if somebody quotes somebody a hundred bucks and they come to me and they're like, Hey, input, will you do this cheaper? And I say, Sure, I'll do it. I'll do it for fifty bucks because what do I care? You know? I'm not doing it for, for the money, I'm doing it for the love of customizing and to help somebody out or whatever. I love and capitalism. getting the experience. Exactly. Uh, getting the experience and getting my name out there. And what'd you say, Cato? I love capitalism. It works. <laughs> it does work. There's your there's your controversial statement for the YouTube audience. Capitalism works. Everything oh, else man. sucks. Cato is trolling hard tonight. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'll, I just lost I'll, I'll lose like 15 subscribers now because it was like oh my god I can't believe he said that. Well, you'll lose 15, but you'll gain like a hundred in people who just want to hate watch your videos just to prove a point to you. Yeah. Watch the world burn. Right. Yeah. They'll they'll hate on my videos from their iPhone that they bought with capitalism. Yeah, their iPhone 10 that needs to be replaced soon because 11's coming out in a month or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. So I'm getting controversial tonight, fellas. Look out. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Rolling deep, man. I'm telling you, he's he is rolling in that hate train tonight. That's not Mountain Dew he's drinking. That's Haterade, no. fellas. That's Haterade. Uh-oh. I'm here to drink Mountain Dew and piss people off, and I'm all out of Mountain Dew. <laughs> I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> it's coming at you guys. Come next topic, you like a spider monkey. <laughs> What's the next topic That's input? Oh man, Jesus, Cato. Okay. Um. Well, the next topic. Cato, the slave driver. <laughs> right. Cato's <laughs> cracking that whip this week and trolling. Um. Well, let's do uh, let's do top five siege figures of the year. Let's do that. <laughs> and um, uh, however you want to do it. You guys want to count down for five to one or one to five, one being the best, five being the worst. We're we just going to do it individually. Yeah, one well, being the best. One yeah, is the okay. best. So one being the best because number one, right? If you ain't first, you're last. So, <laughs> no, you can be second or third or fourth. That's fine. First loser. Hell, hell Bobby. No but second or third or fourth are just the first, second, and third losers. Dude, I swear to God, if we any if we all met up in real life, I got a feeling we get kicked out of Applebee's. <laughs> I can't go. I can't go into Applebee's now. <laughs> no, say so we'd all get kicked out of Applebee's. That's what would happen. But I can't go in. He's now. already been kicked out of Applebee's. Oh, is what he's saying. What'd you do to How get kicked chillies? out of Applebee's? No, I'm kidding. I can go in Applebee's. <laughs> I just can't you shave can't and then go in Applebee's. <laughs> We have we have to go to Chili's, not Applebee's. Yeah, but Applebee's is better than Chili's. I disagree. Okay. I'm I, five. I, disagree. I don't know what Applebee's you got going on there, but uh, Chili's is much better here in Oklahoma. Oh man, dude, uh, the Chili's here is just—I don't know. 
It's just bad. I don't know if they clean their grills properly or what, but it's bad. Say uh, now, here's the thing: saying like Chili's is better than Applebee's, you know, that's that's really like saying stepping in dog poop is better than stepping in duck poop. <laughs> that's absolutely well, duck right. poop is more watery, so it wipes off a lot cleaner. So yeah, it would be better to step in it. I mean, you know, there you uh, go. Yeah. But I'd rather not step in either one. <laughs> I'd rather walk around it and go to a, a Texas Texas Roadhouse. There you go. There you, there go. you go. I'd be don't. Yeah, I'm okay for that. You know, Longhorn. You know, I'm okay with that because I feel like, uh, you know, as you get older, you got those restaurants that you start to prefer because you're not like a, a drunk college student anymore, right? After like some binger. Hey guys, let's all go to Applebee's. I got a truck. Let's go to Applebee's. <laughs> Longhorn. Yeah. Yeah, but give me that flow's fillet, y'all. <laughs> so, okay, so our top five. So our top five. Oh man. Um I don't know. Who wants to go first? Who wants to take this who take the reins first? Because I'm Raptor. pretty sure I'm pretty sure I know I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> Kato, you go first because I'm pretty sure my list is gonna make some people mad. So, um, number five, number five, number uh, five, <clears throat> shockwave. Just despite the skateboard doohickey, it's still an awesome shockwave. Uh, number four, number uh, four. Starscream. Don't care about the loose chest. It's a badass Starscream. Number three. Number three. Optimus Prime. In both of his forms, but more, more importantly, the 35th anniversary animated one. Woot woot! Shameless plug. Sometime early in the morning, my top ten and bottom five uh, of the year will be posted. Some of these may be on that list. And I will post the link to everyone's channel down below so you guys can check it all out shameless what did i just did i just make up number three all right number two number two <laughs> Jetfire. i don't i don't need your approval input with your silent thumbs down in case anyone's listening later um <clears throat> and number one siege figure you know what no number two is omega supreme number two is omega supreme um, Jetfire okay. is number one. No, just kidding. Number one is Spinister, the most fun figure out of the whole line for me. That's that, it. Spinister is great. Um, yeah. Don't ask me to repeat that list. It happened just now. Right. <laughs> Triple R, what's your top five, man? Oh, crap. You got me on the. Uh, let's see. Top five. You're on the spot. Number five would be Soundwave and Sound Blaster. That, that mold is just awesome. Um, number four. I'm just going to go by mold. Uh, the Prowl mold. I like that mold. It's a really good mold. Um... Number three, um, Ratchet. 
I like Ratchet. Ironhide crosshairs and all that. No, just Ratchet. Then this one is very specific. It's Ratchet. Okay. The the the, the remolded parts. It, it, I mean, sure they share engineering, but there's so many remolded parts with Ratchet that it's basically a new figure. They've got the same basic alt mode. It looks the same, but over seventy five percent of the parts are remolded. I did the math. <laughs> I mean, they share the same design or the same base point, but they've all been remolded with new details. And some of them have been completely redone, like that bumper. I mean, and, and all the accessories are different. So, yeah, Ratchet, specifically. Okay. Um, number two, Shockwave. I, I still like that Shockwave. I love Shockwave. It just looks awesome. And number one. Number one. Any iteration of that Seeker mold. That Seeker mold is my favorite mold so far in the entire line. It, it, it's phenomenal. I love it. And, and did you notice that my entire top ten was Decepticons? Well, except for, no, two of them were. I had two Autobots in my, in my Decepticon list. What the hell? <laughs> That's because there wasn't enough. There wasn't as much Decepticons and Siege as Autobots. <laughs> well, actually, the, 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 it's almost a bitty, bitty breakdown when you uh, do all the math on it. And I have done that math, too. <laughs> Mini bots don't count. Micromasters don't count. Crimson, what's your top I, five, brother? <laughs> so, so <clears throat> were you going to say something, Triple R? Uh, I wasn't counting the mini bots. I was counting uh, like Voyagers versus. Deluxe, yeah. but yeah. I, I don't really think there was a, a MicroMaster that was su superior to all of them. There were only like two molds, so... Right. <laughs> um, but I would say my my number five was a figure I didn't think I was going to like, but the colors of black and purple are really awesome on that Siege uh, Barricade. I really like that oh, particular yeah. version. Uh, the next one, number four, would be Siege Red Alert. Um, I love that character from season two and it's just that the head was perfect. The look of him, I, he needed his rocket launcher, but I fixed that with a third party add on, but he, it's just such a, such a great looking red alert. Um, and it just makes me just look at that generations one that we are the classics one. And I just want to throw it out the window now. <laughs> Voyager Springer. Uh, that's been waiting for that for a long, long time. Looks spot on from the movie. And my second one would be uh, leader class shockwave because I've waited for that figure for like that particular size and generations and that particular look of shockwave for a long time. And th that's what I've wanted out of him. Um, but shockwave my number one submarine mode. Well, no, you just flip him upside down. He's the gun. So, like, that's what I've always wanted. Um, but the the last one, number one, has got to be Commander Class Jetfire. Or in this case, he should have been named Skyfire, but definitely uh, definitely love that figure as number one. As a Decepticon, because you can flip the symbol. I love that part. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly really cool. Um, yep, yep. If I were to do a top 10 list, Jetfire would be like number seven. So Jetfire is not even making my top five. Um, 
that's that's mainly because of all the paint problems that he has uh, out of the box. I think that's kind of um, it's kind of inexcusable, to be honest. Um, but that's just me. So, uh, you know what? I'm going for all controversial here. I'm I'm gonna pull a uh, a Kato. I'm gonna try to don't do it. I'm, I'm gonna make everyone mad. Um, don't be like me. <laughs> uh, a number five is Ape Face. I love that figure. Uh, I think it's really cool. Number four would be my uh, would be Generation Two Sideswipe from the Amazon uh, triple pack, whatever. Um, uh, number three would be Sky Tread because that's a really cool figure. Uh, QC issues aside, uh, number what am I on? Number two would be Springer. Hands down, that Springer is awesome. And yep. I would say. Number one, honestly, I'd have to go with Impactor. Impactor's just a figure that long time coming that really deserved it. So, wow, Impactor's your number one, huh? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've gotten official Impactors. We've got one official, one official Impactor, one TFCC uh, Impactor that was a combiner based on that Rook combiner mold, but none of I neither one really hit home as impactor this impact yeah. is not just amazingly well done and the id there's an idw representation out there there's a marvel uk comic representation so everyone's covered as far as fandom um so yeah like i said impact and has to be number one and the marvel version has got a purple auto white symbol yeah, so he's, he's shattered just, glass he's shattered glass impactor man so you know works for me I just I should buy another one and just and the other one's a Decepticon, so he's evil on both versions. <laughs> right, right. Wait, 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 wait. Would Shattered Glass Impactor be a nice guy? Because regular <laughs> Impactor's not very nice. I'm more curious what his. I think Shattered Glass. If you could pick Shattered Glass Impactor's colors, what color scheme would you pick? I would probably. I think it'd be cool to see him as Springer colors. That'd be my shot. Yeah, class. that would that would work out. What would you guys What would you guys pick for his colors? Red, white, and blue. America, America, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here to save. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> Hot rods colors. Okay. Okay. Yeah. With with the personality. Kind of like a cross between a, a combination of, of Springer and uh, Hot Rod. Okay. Uh, you know, he kind of works as, like, if he's in Lancers, like like the female Autobot Lancers colors right now, then they could turn him into Green Lights colors. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. Hey, what if what if we went complete opposite or not opposite end of the spectrum where he's a nice guy? What if we ramped up the craziness and just made him Overlord and gave him Overlord's colors and Shattered Glass Impactor would be the equivalent to Overlord? Oh, that would be awesome. Like, it's, I didn't I, even think about that. Like, just I think he'd be a pacifist, though. Do it. What'd you say? I, said, I would. I just see Shattered Glass Impactor as a pacifist. Yeah, I could see that. He'd be more uh he'd be more huffer than anything. 
I don't know. No, 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 no. Like drift. He's beachcomber. Oh, he'd be beachcomber. Yeah. There you go. He'd be the <laughs> beachcomber <laughs> drift. Shattered glass impactor. Somebody needs to do a custom, a blue and white beachcomber colored impactor. There it is. Yeah. Shattered glass. Nicely done, Triple right. R. Nicely done. Kato, you want to take us into our next topic? You want to segue into it? No? Pornography. Pornography. Transformers <laughs> pornography, folks. How do you guys feel about that? Don't Google it. Don't Google no. it. <laughs> What's... Hey, you know what? Do not Google RC. Don't type in RC. Do not spell it correctly. Don't look at pictures or anything else. It's pretty jacked up. Don't. Yeah. What is our next topic? Uh, well, what do you guys think about that Transformers Terminators crossover? That comic. Say, what do you guys think about that Transformers Terminator crossover? <laughs> Thanks, Kato. That's our next topic, guys. All right, good job. <laughs> I love how helpful Kato always is. <laughs> I'm, yep. I'm here and to, to be perfectly honest, I didn't know nothing about it, so it actually think, sounds kind of interesting. I think the cover looks pretty wicked. It's a uh, Optimus Prime, and he's got like a like his left side's kind of shattered and broken off, and you see the T800 skull on the left side. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. Um, what if Teletran 1 is Skynet? So uh, I wonder if they'll do that. But, you know, there was an, an episode in, like, season 2 of G1 that, that was called Day of the Machines, where Megatron uh, ended up finding this human computer called Torque 3 or something like that. And use that to get all the energy and the, the resources and stuff from the Earth to take it to the Decepticon base. So I kind of see where, in that case, where Megatron reprogrammed Torque 3, where maybe he instills a Skynet personality to that, rather than have something time travel, because that's always kind of done, overdone in the Terminator franchise. But I could see where Megatron ends up kind of creating Skynet by making it do what it wants. I would rather see crossovers with vehicles that can transform that I care about. I don't care about Terminator versus uh, Transformers. I want to see the A-Team versus Transformers. I want to see Knight Rider versus Transformers. Dukes of Hazard versus Transformers. <laughs> you know, that's what I want to see. Term term what about Robotech versus Transformers? Uh, there you go. I'm okay Harmony, with that. Harmony um, Gold let that happen. Right. Uh, I just but, thought no, of one. I'm, I'm not. I'm Voltron not versus Transformers. Fantastic. I'm not interested <laughs> at all in Terminator versus Transformers. It does nothing. It doesn't get. I I would be more interested in Star Trek versus Transformers. And that is to no, say, you not wouldn't. very. <laughs> yeah. In all honesty, this I I feel like 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 I said earlier, I try to go into these in open minded as I possibly can. But this is one of those ones where I'm like. Somebody at IDW had a had had to be drunk or high during this meeting, and they and it all happened at like an Applebee's bar, and they all yeah yeah hey hey you 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 know you know you hey you know we we should do we should do Terminator and Trans we should do Terminator and Transformers because they're badass good night <laughs> and, and 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 they're both robots hey guys. What if what if Unicron came along and if and ate up 
Earth Skynet, and then Unicron became possessed by Skynet, and then he had to fight the Transform. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> Actually, me describing that just now, if that's a story, I'd be totally on board for that. Yeah. <laughs> you actually sold me on it, drunky. <laughs> Great. And then like and then now Unicron has the ability to time travel himself. He just he just pops into where whatever time period he wants to and he's just there. Been right? there, done that. Any so now he's got an unlimited food supply and he's powered by Skynet. Yeah, I think I just sold myself on the idea. Yeah. Of this crossover. So <laughs> Yep. Temporal paradoxes be damned. Right? I mean, the Terminator franchise already said screw it anyway. Uh, you know, we should they should have had a trilogy, but whatever. They're on seven now, which uh okay. Anyway. Dark Fate is <laughs> trash. Just saying. Um uh, they said Dark Fate is trash. So I mean no, I'm saying Dark Fate is trash. No, I'm saying and Cameron it. said Dark Fate is trash. So, oh yeah, if James Cameron can't even stand his own movie. I mean, <laughs> well, James Cameron proved to be a hypocrite too. So, I mean, right? Truth. But, We're all hypocrites. Yeah, we are. We are all hypocrites in our own little way. I guess, right? So, I'm just a poor hypocrite. He's a rich hypocrite, and that matters. He's a rich hypocrite now. He just made like a crap ton of money off that. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> still working on like Avatar 8 right now. You mean 2? No, 8. He's got the. He's just working on the script for it because he knows he's going to keep making more money off of it. <laughs> oh, jeez, right, right. <laughs> well, so this is our Christmas episode. Merry Christmas, y'all. So Merry Christmas, everyone who's listening. And for those of you who catch the live live stream on YouTube, who catch the podcast live on YouTube uh, every Saturday when we ever when we do this at 7 p.m., uh, which we're doing it early. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone who's watching it. Merry Christmas to everyone who's listened to it and listening to it. So, and a happy New Year. And happy New Year. Uh, Happy Hanukkah, Yuletide greetings, uh, <laughs> whatever other ho uh, holiday that you celebrate. Um, we're not going to discriminate from many of you. Um, so, yeah. So, what does Christmas and Transformers mean to you guys? Putting the Acid nice. Storm and Starscream on the shelf together for Christmas greetings. <laughs> I mean, that dude is neon green. He is Christmas green. Acid Storm is Christmas green, especially that new one. Acid uh, Storm. Acid Storm in Red Wing. Oh. Red and green. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I want for Christmas, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, do you guys have any memories, Transformers for Christmas or anything like that? Oh, <laughs> that's a whole show in of itself right there. Oh, I guess, yeah. Okay, so pick one, pick one memory, and then share it. So I would, I would say mine was for one of the Christmases. I don't know what year it was, but I had gotten the entire gift set of the Aerial Bots from G One, and then 
the original G1 Ultra Magnus, both of those. And uh, since I didn't get, because Optimus Prime wasn't in the stores at the time, so Ultra Magnus became my Autobot leader, my Optimus Prime. And to have, see, we had the Protectobots, we had some Stunticons, but we never had a full combiner. And so to have all the Aerobots at once was a big deal. And that, that was awesome. I love that one. Kato, you got any Christmas memories with Transformers you want to share to the lovely, beautiful people out there listening? Yes. <laughs> oh, you want me to share one? Um, <laughs> the I think the only time most of my Transformers came for birthdays. So, like a $10 birthday limit. But one year I got lucky and got uh, Megatron. And we were allowed to take one toy with us everywhere we went. So like we went traveling around to family and church and all that kind of stuff. I could take one, one toy with me on the road as a kid, everything else had to stay back. So of course, being in the South, I took a toy gun, uh, to church and it was the day after Christmas, I believe uh, it would be a Sunday church. And, uh, we, I get down to, I guess it was like the children's church, the young kids at the time. So I was maybe five years old, maybe four. I don't know. And uh, a young fellow, I won't mention his name here because he's probably still out there in the world and he owes me a Megatron, but he smacked Megatron, uh, like trying to smack it out of my hands, I guess. And, uh, you know, if you remember the G1 toy, he only turned one way. So he smacked him the other way and broke the barrel of Megatron off of the hinge. So I had a G1 Megatron for less than 24 hours. That's my Christmas memory. It's horrible. Thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> um, Not going to make me feel bad. Thanks for sharing, Kato. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Triple R, what you got, man? Um, let's see. I've got two actually. Um, one was when I was a kid. Um, I used to go up to my grandparents in Pennsylvania for Christmas, me and my dad. And, uh, one year we went up there and we went to, I don't remember what town it was, but we went to, there was a, uh, one of the towns about 30 miles out, um, 30 minutes away. Had a Toys R Us, and we went there. And my grandma got me a, a Perceptor uh, for Christmas because I saw it on the shelf, and I'm like, "It's a real microscope! I gotta have it!" And she's like, "Okay, okay, get it. Merry Christmas!" Uh, and and yeah, I was sitting there playing with that thing for the the entire weekend. Or actually, I think we were there for a week. We were we stayed for a while, and I and I was constantly transforming it into into microscope mode and looking through at different things. And it didn't zoom in; it was what times four. Uh, but it was just so cool as a kid having that um, perceptors there to play with. And the other one's more recent. Do you remember the um, Takara Legends Black Arachnia? Sure do. I I put up a thing on YouTube or not YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, a couple years ago when that figure came out, 
And my wife had told me if I can get a hundred likes on this picture that I could put it on the Christmas tree as an ornament. (laughs) I got my hundred likes. So she went up on the Christmas tree as an ornament. I had black arachne in spider mode hanging uh, from her little string, her claw thing hanging from a tree limb on our tree as a Christmas ornament that year, right in front. So this is big purple or a big uh, golden black spider with a red hourglass on the back end standing in the middle of our tree. And my mother-in-law thought it was a real spider when she first saw it. She said, there's a spider in your tree. Awesome. So, so what you're saying is your wife compromised with the uh, robot double E's. Do what? You have to say it again, man. You're you're getting all cutty, like you're cutting out. Sorry. So you're saying Triple R that your your wife uh, had to compromise with. She wanted she allowed the alt mode, the spider mode, rather than having the robot mode with the uh, double D's. No, I want I wanted the spider mode because oh, it already okay. had the, the 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 ornament hanger built into it. Oh, that's that's true. That's very true. <laughs> well, I'd say this. So one year, it's around Christmas time, and me and my grandfather were going through a Goodwill. Now, this is back when Goodwill had these giant white canvas bags on wheels that they would just throw stuff into, and you would right. dig through, and they didn't have aisles or anything. The old mail bags. Yep. And so one year we're going through and all of my family's Christmas shopping has always been, you know, it's the 24th. It's Christmas Eve. Let's go to Target. Right. So uh, me and my grandfather at this Goodwill and I'm digging through this giant canvas bag. And inside of each one of these canvas bags, it was all randomized. It was clothes, toys, whatever. But they had this bag of toys, giant trash bag of toys. And it was a dollar. And the only figure in there that I wanted was a G1 Twin Twist. Thought it was the coolest looking thing I'd ever seen up to that point. And I wanted it. The whole bag was a dollar. And so grandfather bought me that bag for a dollar. And took the Twin Twist out. And went home with this giant bag of plushies and uh, just oddball toys. Just random stuff. Um, and that, was my, that was my Christmas gift for my grandfather. So we're sitting in the truck and he's like, Merry Christmas. That's your Christmas gift. And I was like, hey, works for me. I got a bag full of toys. This is awesome, right? So, <laughs> I still Very have cool. that twin twist, man. He's awesome. So, oh, man. Well, guys, I think that'll do it for this episode of Tales from Teletran. Thank you guys for stopping by and listening. And. If you guys don't know, Triple R, what's up, man? What you got? I just got something to say right quick. We're on episode three, and I finally make it all the way to the end. Oh, congratulations. Hey, it's a special occasion. We'll celebrate next episode when you leave like an hour into it. So- <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, you don't forget. Guys. 
don't forget to check us out on Spotify and Anchor and Google Podcast or Apple Podcast and the Google Play Store and all that good stuff. Um, and don't forget to check us all out on social media and, and YouTube and stuff. And guys, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for downloading the podcast. And thanks for listening. And pretty much all around, thanks for giving us your time. Merry Christmas, everyone. And if we don't get to see you before New Year's, Happy New Year's. And be safe and gentle and kind out there with each other. And uh, especially this time of year. You know, don't don't hit anybody with a basket because they got the last copy of some video game your kid wants. So that's not that's not very holiday giving. Yeah, so, use a bat. Basket oh, yeah, or a bat. fight over the use cabbage patch kids. <laughs> yeah, don't cabbage patch kids. These, you know, use a bat. Don't use a cart. So carts, uh, carts are a little bit harder to wield. So. Remember when they have they get that last crosshairs in the store, you can just trip, just take the cart the fig. Because you, I bet what he so said bad. was hilarious. You must have used <laughs> dead zone, buddy, on your phone. Sorry. Uh, Kato, you want to take us out, man? Take us out. No. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, if you're watching this later, we appreciate you all the same. And uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast, thank you so much for giving us your time. Like Input said, uh, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and always play. This is Kato, Input, Crimson Raptors, and Rolling Redneck Reviews signing out. See you around like a donut.